What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Everything But Hockey. I'm your host, Andrea Helfrich, and before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to say thank you for all of the love and support you guys left in the reviews on the show. If you follow along on Instagram and Twitter, I put out a giveaway and I said, leave a review on Everything But Hockey, and I'm giving away three hoodies from the new Anytime Anywhere drop. And reading them was awesome because sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself, like especially right now, I definitely am. But it's really cool to read your feedback, see that you're enjoying the show. Like it just made my heart burst with joy. So I just wanted to see that first. Um, today's guest you're going to absolutely love, Taryn Hatcher. We did the interview a couple weeks ago. And since that time, a lot has changed for her actually that you probably have seen. You know her as the ringside reporter for the Flyers. She works for NBC Sports Philadelphia and she's traveled all over the country and to Europe with the team for the past two seasons. But starting this season, she's now the host of the Flyers pre and post game show on NBC Sports Philadelphia. So you've probably seen that the past couple of games. And you guys had a lot of questions for her. I always like to involve you. So we'll get into those at the end of this episode. But what you can expect from today is just a really great girl chat. Uh, One, I can relate to her on a lot of different levels because we have similar career paths, but she has got this awesome story. She has been grinding since the get. I have so much respect for her ambition and her hustle. And if you're interested in this line of work, you're going to really like this episode. So without talking it up any further, we're going to jump right in. I have my ring light balanced in my boyfriend's shoe right now. So if it falls over... This is literally what's going on right now. That <laughs> is amazing. So what? It's a monopod? It's a tripod, but one of the legs, like it attaches at a point and that's how you pull, pull it out or in for like more of a wide stance or a more narrow stance. And one of them just broke. So it 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 serves no purpose now. Neither does your boyfriend's shoe. And it's my it's my boyfriend's gym shoe because I used one of his like pristine white shoes that he's had scotch guarded to all shit. And he was like, can you please use a crappier shoe next time? So this is work from home, man. This is wonderful work from home. I saw you upload like bloopers of recording in your house. And I was like, we can relate to these, this new age of working from home and stuff. So like, what has for you been, I guess, like the biggest learning curve or the toughest adjustment um well one I live right across from the train like literally the train is 100 feet outside my window and it goes by every five minutes and so if I'm filming um like the swipe update I use you know like a vlogging camera and it doesn't have a lob it has like a like a small boom mic essentially right and so it's this thing of like timing takes in between the train and not messing them up and um, because if I mess up in between train takes, I have to wait until the train goes by again, which is always, um, you know, a fun mess. And then beyond that, it's just like, I don't know. It's for me, it's I've I've been kind of, you know, this because you did it, too, is I've been essentially an MMJ since I got into the business. Even when I came here, I was like, give me a camera. I'd rather film and edit myself. I, I like to do that. Yeah. Usually like news is coming at you and you're just filtering what you're covering. And now it's like, what am I going to like, what am I going to talk about this week? Who can I talk to about something new that's considered news? And it's been interesting because um, like watching, especially your stuff has been so interesting because it's not stuff that generally I think we would put on our website, but it is what people are looking for right now, which is, what are you doing? What is a player's wife doing? What is the player doing? You know, it's really interesting. That's probably the hardest part as you probably just heard the train go by in the background. Um, I did, but is, it wasn't, ter- it wasn't terrible. Maybe because we're on our like computers. It's not as good microphones. So it's not picking it up as much, but I hope so. And then I just had, this is the other thing that's fun is lit- so Phil Myers interview was supposed to be at three 30 Eastern standard time today. Or, yeah. Today. Yeah. But Phil is in new Brunswick. which is an hour ahead of us. And my producer confirmed 3.30 our time, 4.30 your time, which he took to be 3.30 Eastern Standard Time or 3.30 his time, which is 2.30 our time. So you missed it. So no, I just did it. I was, luckily I got ready so early today. I was like, 
yeah, I can do it right now. So, or sorry, 1.30, Oh, okay. So that's I why I'm like, yeah, let's do it right now. No, I don't even, I don't even know what time zone we're in anymore, but I was like, just do it right now. Just prop it up. I'll throw on some lip gloss. It'll be fine. Um, and, but that's the other thing is you're just like trying to figure out, okay, if this guy's in Vancouver and you know, I guess I'll do this interview during dinner time because he's four hours behind me or whatever, but you know, minor, minor complaints, like happy to have a job right now. So I'll take it. I, I hear that, but it's, it's good. At least Phil Myers, you had content there, you know, like at least we're getting back to the swing of things. Yeah. Um, well, and I was like, if you have any inside information now, be the time to share. And he was like, uh, you know, as much as I know. And I was like, come on. You know, I have heard that from so many of them and their partners that I'm just, I definitely believe it. I don't think anyone's holding out from us. No, no. And like, even um, like Keith Jones is a really great insider. Honestly, he's so plugged in. He's got all the breaking news normally before it happens and he won't tell us everything but sometimes if you ask a question the right way he'll hint at the right answer and you know where he's going love it hot cold and <laughs> yeah and I mean we're not around him as much right now so you can't even really do that but you can still like in a group chat or something try to get someone to get something out of him um and he's I mean there's just there's no there's no clue there's I just no think clue. no one knows outside of the actual people making the decision. They've done a really good job at just keeping that circle really tight, I guess, because there's just nothing. Yeah. And I, sometimes I think they don't know. <laughs> sometimes I think. Mm -hmm. It's minute by minute. And I think like the one second, one minute, they know something, the next minute it changes. So yeah. there's no time for, for any rumors to come out. Yeah. Um, Okay. I know we like just jumped into like current life and you, but I do No, it's great. Um, but I do want to give our listeners, you know, an understanding of who you are, where you came from your background. Cause there's lots of interest of course, in your job and how you got there. Tell me like where you started out. Did you start with an internship in college? Like, let's just try to get the Taryn timeline. Okay. Just before I do that though, because yeah. it's like, it's like gleaming in my face. I want to say congratulations on your engagement because your ring is gorgeous even through iPhone Zoom. So oh, congratulations. Thank you. I'm my fiance who, I, who, oh. I, who is on keep the dog quiet duty at the moment. So. Oh, good for him. What a nice guy. Good for you. What a nice guy. It's a beautiful ring, but congratulations. Thank that's, you. I mean, that's so awesome. I, thank you. Sorry. Um, I know. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, my, uh, so bring like, me back to like baby Taryn when you're first starting yeah. out, like, is this something, is this career path what you always wanted? Yes. Um, I feel like my story is pretty boring because it, I did it very much. Like even when I got hired in Hawaii, my boss had said, you, you know, like I did it the old school way. Mm -hmm. um, but that's because I had studied the people. So basically when I was 10, my dad and I were watching college basketball. My dad played college basketball. He wanted me to play college basketball. We watched lots of college basketball at our house. Um, my brother played hockey, so that's the Flyers connection. We also watched a ton of Flyers, but I was watching a college basketball game and um, Dick Vitale was on TV and he's this huge personality and he's so fun. And I just remember being like, that looks like such a sick job. Like I watch sports all day, every day anyway. And, um, you know, it just seems like he's having so much fun. And my dad kind of just dry as can be was like, well, you know, you can get paid to do the same thing. And I, I was in like fourth grade and I was just like, yeah, so that's what it's going to be. He wasn't upset that you deviated from potentially playing. No, no, cool. especially okay. like I was more of a soccer player anyway, and he supported that goal and, you know, I took it as far as it could go and, you know, but I never wanted, that wasn't even a thing for me either. I mean, I had grown up going to Philadelphia charge games, which is like a deep cut throwback. Um, but like, I knew those girls sadly, cause I trained under a lot of them like they didn't really make money it wasn't really a viable um career and I was just like you know what I'd, I'd rather watch than have to like physically work out anyway <laughs> so who cares That's like, I'll do this not that I would ever have the talent to do it but my goal was always broadcasting and sports broadcasting um and then I went to go look at colleges and uh, I remember I was between Boston University, Rutgers, and University of Maryland because I wanted to be near big sports cities, and UMD was near DC, and Baltimore, and Rutgers was Philly and New York, and Boston was um, obviously Boston. 
um, Boston rejects me immediately. So that was taken off the table. Oh. Isn't it funny um, how things like that? And when you're, when you got that rejection letter, you're just like crush, but looking back. Devastated. Devastated. They're like, now you're like, you're lost. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I think I got waitlisted actually. And I was like, Heartbroken. waitlisted. Um, Cause that was kind of, honestly, that was my dream school. Um, my cousin had gone there and and Boston was a really fun, like Boston is a cool sports scene, even college wise, obviously the bean pot is up there and BU has a phenomenal, um, hockey team and everything, but I ended up going to Rutgers cause I wanted to work eventually in Philly. That's where my family is. I grew up in South Jersey. So went to Rutgers, interned at first at clear channel in Philly, which is now iHeartRadio in Philly, then interned at Comcast Sportsnet in Philadelphia then interned at CBS two in their sports department in New York, which is the New York city, um, CBS. It's like their version of CBS three here in Philly. Did you live there? You, you commuted. Yeah, that was the worst. It was the best year of my life. It was the worst year of my life, Andrea. It was the worst time ever. It was so hard. Were you like, were your times crazy or were you normal nine to five? Cause um, it, it was different in each place. Well, the one in New York, like, were you not nine to five in New York at least? I was, I was nine. I, what was I? I Cause I worked four days a week, but I had to have 40 hours a week. Oh, so it was it. 10 hour shifts, but, and this is my own fault. And my parents always said like, I, like I shouldn't have done this, but I, I don't care. In hindsight, it worked out. Um, but I was a double major in college and I wanted to graduate early. So I took like 21 credits of classes and just basically four days I would work a ton. So like three days during the weekday and one day on the weekend. And then the other two days I would pack in like hours of credits of class. And then I took two online classes. And I Bro. remember I'd like be on the train and I was a waitress at Chickies and Pete's at the same time because the internship- Gotta make that money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was slinging crab fries. I would like show up to my internship and I smelled like Old Bay seasoning. <laughs> I smelled wrong. delicious. But it was just, I'm, like, honestly, it, it, like, it was kind of fun. I mean, I was tired. I never slept right. and I was overworked. I mean, you know this because you, you did the whole thing where you moved to upstate New York, right? Yep. And you just, you work your butt off. Like you do what it takes. I drove home on the weekends and worked at a bar for uh, Friday and Saturday night. And then I didn't sleep Saturday night, left the bar at like 3 a.m. when we were done cleaning and drove back to upstate New York because I opened up the station on Sunday morning. There were See, some times that I just wanted to pull over the side of the road and like sleep, obviously. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's the thing is whenever I tell these stories, I'm like, I'm not, I don't think I'm special. I know I'm not special. I know everybody who I interned with or now work with and same thing with you. Like, but the thing is, is that it's tiring, but I don't know if you felt this way. I certainly did. It was also kind of fun because you felt like I'm doing something, like I'm really doing something, like I'm really getting the ball rolling. I'm doing something important. And everybody talks about, if you want to make it, it's a grind. Yep. And you're and, like, I'm doing it. I'm grinding. And you and have a foundation where as a lot of yeah. people, I think in this industry have not in the industry outside have the misconception that, you know, you wake up one day and you just decide to be on camera and there isn't really an understanding of the grind and all the work, like you talked about, like, you know, did you also one man band? Cause I had a camera. Oh yeah. In Hawaii yeah. For, for three and a half years. Cause when you're in sports department at a small market, you don't ever get a photog. You are always your own photog. <laughs> yep. But you know, it, especially in the pandemic that served me so well. And I, I see it in your stuff too, is like, you can tell who can just pick up a camera and plug it in and edit their stuff and get it out and make good content. It's a, it's a skill set that I'm so grateful that I, that I got. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and you know what, I know you said like, oh, I'm not special, but like, if you take a group of people, no matter what industry or career path they're interested in, what you did is still something to be happy, like proud of admirable. Like it's a grind, especially you. So did you graduate early? Like to double major? That's insane. Yeah. I graduated in December of, so I was supposed to graduate in May. Right. And I, Andrea, I'm just like a head case. My freshman year of college, I was just like, I've always been a competitive person. And I think maybe that's where I came from. I was like, if I graduate in May, when everybody else graduates, 
I'm going to be sending out audition reels the same time as everyone else is sending out audition reels. Wow. So I want to graduate a semester early and hopefully compete with like people. <laughs> and, and I did. And I mean, I got a job. I got a job as I was like taking my finals. So it worked out. But but you that's what you, you set your mind out to do that. And then you got it. So the fact that you thought about it three and a half years in advance. That's crazy. A lot of 17, 18 year olds going into college, like, you know, you're still figuring out what major you went, let alone two majors yeah. and the career plan for post-grad. So snap, I mean, snaps. Thanks, Andrea. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, like, well, so then here's my question for you. I know this is your podcast, but I'm used to asking questions. Um, Bring it up. When did you, when did you figure it out? Because it's not like, to be honest with you, especially what you do, I think, I think, I think, and I don't mean to like be rude to any journalist, but I think what we do, there's a clear cut kind of thing that you do to be successful, right? You, you work hard, you try to tell the truth, tell interesting stories, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. What you do requires a certain like innate ability to, you know, emote a ton of personality and hype up an arena when people aren't necessarily that stoked about how the game's going and interview fans who aren't the most stoked to be interviewed. Like, when did you figure out, like, I have a talent for this and I want to do this and I think I can be good at this? I think when I was interning at Fox, our Fox here in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. um, I had just given up the crown of Miss Philadelphia and crowned the new winner that weekend. And then I'm at my internship Monday morning. And as tradition, Fox always has the new Miss Philadelphia as do a lot of the local stations. So the new winner was in the green room and my producer, not my producer, I was an intern, I know the producer. The producer was like, Andrea, why don't you join her in her segment to talk about it? And of course, the first thing that went through my mind is like, oh my gosh, no, I'm stealing the shine from her. She just won, like, this is her moment. But I talked to her, she was fine with it, so whatever, we do it. And then after that, I go upstairs and the news director called me into his office. And I was terrified because he was this like big terrifying man that there was no reason for him to talk to me for anything but to say, like, get the F out. So I was yeah. terrified. I just remember like being so nervous. So I go in his office and he's like, hey, saw what you did, uh, liked what you did. I think we, there's something here. I think we should make you a segment called Andrea the Intern. How old were you when this happened? Uh, 20. Oh, 21. wow. 21 maybe? Yeah, I think I was 21. So I was like, okay, what does that mean? So he wanted me to go around town and just do entertainment reporting on topical things. So during, what year was this? It was 2010, 2011. And I just like went around, I did all these interviews and then I would sit with the editor in the edit bay and the editor would cut everything. But I'd be like, I did this to go here and this standup goes there, whatever. And um, I did it for a couple months and I thought that that was it. And then they pulled the plug because someone complained that an intern was on air creating content that they were then you know, making money off mm -hmm. of. And I went in, I begged him to be a janitor or anything on the payroll that would allow me to still do this, you know, in a kosher way. He said, no, you have to go far away to go follow the news reporter steps. And that was it. So then I started looking into like all the different places. He told me to go to Boise and I was like, no. And then I ended up <laughs> my, my interview that just like your Boston story, I interviewed in Beaumont, Texas. I flew myself there. They were paying really big bucks, 35 grand a year, which I don't know if you remember entry level salary then. Wait, no, that's, that was huge. That was almost double what I actually made in upstate. So they were paying 35 grand for entry level. So I go, I fly myself out there. Um, I got a rental car. Remember there were like those circular things blowing across the road. Like it was just oh, really um, cool. tumbleweed. Yes, there was right? tumbleweed? tumbleweed. And I was like, where am I? Yeah. Beaumont, never heard of it. So I go, I do like a three-day thing where I, you know, you prove what you can do and you're trying to show them all, all your skills. And, you know, I'm like 20 yeah. and whatever. I, I didn't get it. And I'm like, oh my God. So anyway, I applied in upstate New York. I got that job. I don't even want to tell you what I was making, but I will. It was 17 grand, $200. And that's why I had to drive back to Philly every weekend to go work. Um, but I guess to answer your question in a long-winded way, that is when I thought, okay, like maybe I can do this. And when I did the stuff for Fox, it gave me such a confidence boost because 
I was lucky enough to have a real videographer and a real editor doing this stuff. So I built a demo reel off of that. And I know that's such an advantage that, you know, I normally would have never had. So that was cool. That was very cool. I got to interview the governor. And again, it was all cutesy, quick moments where the governor was walking in to go be on good day. And I would be like, hi, I'm Andrea the intern and I have a question. And like, it was all sanctioned by the station, but that got to go on my reel, which at the time felt cool and, you know, looked good. So it is cool. And it takes a certain amount of like, that was the hardest thing for me once I left because I got to report at Rutgers before I went to Hawaii. That was how I built my reel. And I was fortunate enough that I had a, a, um, a photographer, videographer and editors and, a, you know, the ability to access Adobe Premiere and edit it myself and in a real system. And um, I forget where, oh, but the, the hardest thing was when I went to Hawaii was you have to learn how to like cold call or just like walk up to a stranger and ask them a question. And I hadn't really had to do that other than, especially in New York, everything's set up. There's an under, mm-hmm. like I got to interview huge names in New York because our anchor would come in at four and work till midnight. So I was in during the day and I would handle all the day stuff. So I'd get to interview like Kevin Garnett and Jason Kidd and Henrik Lundqvist. Like I got to do all these cool things, but it was like a, it was like a pre-setup you just go mm-hmm. with the, you know, the EP would come with me and you go and ask the questions and he'll hold the camera and whatever. Um, but that's, I give you credit. Cause I don't know if at like 21 and in college and as an intern, I would have the guts to walk up to the governor and be like, hi, I have a question because it's just, but that's where I sit there and I go. And this is always my thing, especially when people try to, which is a big thing. And I'm sure you've experienced it too, is like, you can only like one female broadcaster or person in the building in sports. That's like very much a thing. It's like, I think people sometimes like to, to pit people against people. And it's like, just so you know, every single person who made it to here mm-hmm. worked really hard to get here. And we all like each other because we all know what each other went through. And it's yeah. really not that easy. It's not like offering to be a janitor because you want to stay on air is not like it, like it, it's not lost on people around you like the the drive and the ambition to get there so no most of us have a ton of respect for each other and that's exactly why I love that you said that you said it so eloquently and that puts any of these questions that I got through my ask me a question to the rest <laughs> there is nothing literally like a couple people were like oh you guys like each other are you guys yeah and I was like is there who who's thinking that there's any type of rivalry or or anything, but you just put it like so perfectly, you put it to bed. Like that, that is what it is. It just, yeah, it's, and it's everywhere. I mean, even in Hawaii, like my best friend, this girl, Joe Beth, who's now on NBCLX, which is a national program. Yeah. Um, is people be like, you guys like each other? And it's like, she's my best friend. Her mom's like my mom. Like, of course, Natalie Eganoff, Kristen Rogers, Katie Emmer, like- Oh yeah, you, you, you guys have like your, your girl gang. Yeah. I mean, most of it's because most of us live near each other. It's a very like, I mean, also we adore each other, but like we all, it's just this weird thing where I'm like, you know, I don't know who told you, you can only like one, but you can like as many as you like, because most of us worked really, really hard to get here. So, and my mom always told me this, you are who you surround yourself with. So like, Mm -hmm. if you see someone else who's in a better position than you, all the more reason to learn from them and figure out what they did to get where, yeah. So, um, yeah, but I, I do like your little girl gang photos. I see them and I'm like, oh, it's literally all, all the Philly personality is in a group photo. Yeah, I'm trying. I, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if we can post this because like Governor Wolf just said we shouldn't, but like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm like but we, we are kind of each other's bubble right now because it's always, you know, I think Natalie, not to give away where people live, Natalie lives like 500 feet from me. And- well, unless someone knows where there's a train, you know, I'm sure the train is a long track. So no one's gonna yeah ask. I think I think yeah at one point my boyfriend was kind of like can you please stop posting Instagram stories about what's going on in in like Fishtown Northern Liberties because um I think people know where we live now but there's 800 million houses in this general vicinity so I think we are okay you're good I hope you're good. <laughs> um wait I do want to know about Hawaii because that's hella crazy did you have any, did you know anyone in, in, no, you knew no one in Hawaii. That's so ballsy and I love it. Okay. So <laughs> that was the place, that was where you applied and you got the job while you were taking finals. 
Yeah. So much like you, it's like, you're looking at, I remember I went on mediageneral.com cause that's where they had all the like open I casting. Think, I, I used something. It wasn't that it was like tvnews.com or like, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Okay. I don't even know if they use them anymore. And that was only in 2014, 2015. But um, went on mediageneral.com, looked for any opening for a sports producer, sports reporter, MMJ. Um, and there was one in Missouri. There was one in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And there was one in Honolulu, Hawaii. Applied to all three. I was like, who knows what's going to happen? Literally, Andrea, it happened because my dad called about I had to move my stuff home out of the college dorm because I was finishing up that semester and I was in the middle of taking finals and I needed a break because I was like writing an essay for my my like senior thesis paper for my political science degree and it was like it's one of those things where it's like 28 pages long and I'm on like page seven I'm like this is never gonna end <laughs> so I took a break my dad called about moving my furniture and he's like just so you know if you don't have a job when you move home I'm going to charge you rent like you have like he wanted to like he was like, you need to look for a full-time job. Cause at that point I was freelancing and I was doing sideline and um, I had worked for big 10 network and they started paying me like $500 a game. And that was a huge That's payday huge. for me. Yeah. I was like, I have made it. And my dad was like, you don't have health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Love dad Hatcher. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff was just like, no, no, no. Um, the sooner you get off my health insurance, the better. And, um, and so I said, screw it. I'll, I'll look right now. I'll try to find something right now. And I applied, had no hope. Um, and Green Bay just rejected me right away. That was wonderful. Really just a blow to the confidence to start the job search. And I, and it was like Wisconsin and I didn't really want to be there, but it was, a, it felt like a big sports market. And then I got a Facebook message from the news director in Honolulu. And he was like, how serious are you about moving out here? And I said, I've, I've wanted to do this job for the past 11 years of my life since I was 10 years old. And I've always understood it's gonna take picking up and moving. And if picking up and moving means moving to Hawaii, like there's not a better case scenario. And, you know, I had prepped myself through all these years, you know, to say the right thing. And like you said, like you go and you wanna show all your skills, like kind of all at once. You're like, here's everything I have. Yeah. <laughs> and you throw it um, all on the table and then you go back at yeah. night to your hotel room and you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. And it's also just, um, for me too, I think I had spent so like at that point, it felt like so long, like working without pay and just grinding and whatever that I kind of was just like, please just tell me I did a good job. Like, yeah. please just tell me this is worth something. Yeah. Um, and they were just like, well, we'll fly you out. This was the nicest thing ever. And Rick Blangiardi, who was then the general manager of Hawaii News Now, is now the mayor of Honolulu. He's such a great guy. Um, flew me out. And because I was young and he was worried about me not wanting to like accept the job, flew out my mom with me and got us a hotel room at the Marriott in Waikiki. And I was like, yeah, you feel like a star. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Andrea, I felt so self-important that day. <laughs> but you know what? For the first time in almost four years, you got you got a good moment. Yeah. You well, just the kept first your, time, your the head first down time the whole time. Yeah. Like the first time, and I'm sure you had this moment too, where it's like the first time someone tells you, like, yeah, you're good enough to work. You're kind of like, yes. Yeah, you need that affirmation. Just, yeah. And it's not like, um, it's not like a job where you get the certification and then you get the job. It's a very subjective job. Someone has to like you and want to hire you. And you be and the right fit. Yeah. And it's a tough thing to handle sometimes when someone's like, we don't like the sound of your voice or we don't want you wear too much. Or, or your so look. Ahead. No, like, or yeah. your look. I dealt with something similar where they're like, we wanted a, we want a blonde. So we'll keep you in our Rolodex. Yeah. And it's hard because you're just like, not that my whole life really, I mean, I, I didn't really wear makeup until I even went into like doing TV stuff. So it's not like my whole life has been built around my visual okay. image, but when someone just innately says, we don't like your look or, or your style or this, that, or the next thing, 
you're just like, whoa, especially because it doesn't really happen to dudes. It's not really the same thing when it comes to guys. It does happen a little bit, but not on the same level. Mm-mm. No one's looking at a guy's arm fat and they're like, hmm, a little wide. Like that doesn't happen. Um, but yes, yeah, so they flew me out to Hawaii. <laughs> to the, I'm just the tangent central today, but they flew me out to Hawaii. I auditioned. It was wild. Um, I had never been there. I didn't know anybody there. I only knew one person who had ever visited there. I knew a little bit about the sports scene, but not a ton. And I certainly did not know how to speak Hawaiian at all. Um, And then you get out there and you realize every single athlete, not every single athlete, a large majority of athletes are going to be covering, are going to be Hawaiian, Samoan, Tongan, Filipino, or have a Japanese last name. Like, and you're just sitting there like, oh my gosh. And eventually, I mean, it took some work, but eventually I got there and they were nice enough to hold me off air for like a month so I could learn how to say things because like the major highways on Oahu are uh, Kalaniana Ole Highway and Kamehameha. And, you know, you just have to learn how to pronounce things. And it was great. I mean, I worked my butt off for three and a half years out there, but it was, it was so, so much fun. And it was such a great experience. And then I came back here and I thought like so many things were going to carry over and then they put me on hockey and I had to just flush everything I learned about name pronunciations and start from scratch. <laughs> so, so let's, let's get that. That's like your, that's like the dream ideal situation. You going to Hawaii, like that is just so, so cool. Um, you come work for NBC Philly and what was the original intent? Because you said they put me on hockey. Like, did you, what was the original job description and then did it change? Yeah. It, okay. Yeah. So originally people thought I was hired to be the Sixer sideline reporter, which was never true. And oh. I just got, is that another rumor? Yeah, it was, they, they announced my hiring at the same time that they Molly. like right after Molly Sullivan had announced that she was leaving. Copy. And I just got a hell storm on Twitter. And I was like, welcome home. But it's okay. I mean, when you grow up in this area and like, you're pretty local too, right? Yeah. Where'd I you grew up in Bucks County. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and you grow up around it and you're, you learn like, how to adjust. Taryn, as much thick skin as you have to grow to be like, oh, your arms are too fat. They're too skinny. You're too blonde. You're not blonde enough. It still hurts. Like it, oh, yeah. it still hurts. So damn, oh, yeah. I didn't know that you had all of that hateration happening. Yeah. It, I mean, it was fine. And I, to be honest with you, I was so the whole, this is very first job and I'm sure you relate to this too. Almost the whole time I was in Hawaii, I never took a vacation because I couldn't, like we didn't have the manpower for me to really take off. So the last two weeks I was in Oahu. So I put in my, my like, Hey, I'm leaving, I guess, resignate. It wasn't really a resignation letter. I said, Hey, I'm going back to Philly. Yeah. And then I put an end date two weeks before I was leaving. Smart. And that way I could have two weeks with my friends and just hang out and do everything. And so it came out in the middle of all that stuff. And I remember there was like a, a boycott NBC, boycott this, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was like a selective of people. Like- yeah, but it was, yeah. If you, if you ever Twitter search my name, I think it might still come up. <laughs> but, um, but it was just one of those things where I was in the perfect place at the perfect time because I was just like on the beach with my friends, like soaking in this basically, like it felt like a whole different person's life that I just got to experience as my own. And I could not have really cared less given what was going on. I was just very like, you know what? I worked really hard. And I think when you, when you know inside that you planted that foundation, you can kind of stand on your own two feet and go like, I can handle this, like bring it on. But then I came back to NBC and I was supposed to be a multi-platform reporter anchor host. So basically I would do sports at central, which I still do. It's basically what I do in the off season now, mm-hmm. sports at central fill in on NBC 10, do a ton of digital social media kind of stuff for them. Right. Um, and then not long before the regular season started for the flyers, they, they said, we have this crazy idea. Um, we haven't done it here before, but we'd like to, instead of having two analysts, have an analyst and a ringside reporter. And I grew up a massive Flyers fan. My brother was a massive Flyers fan. Like he played his 
high school and middle school hockey games at the skate zone where the Flyers practice now. So I grew up in the skate zone. I was there all the time. Um, and I knew like more than the average Joe, I would say about the team. I always felt kind of like, I like to know everything. I, I think we all do. You like to feel like if anybody just started a casual conversation with me, I could say anything about this team and would know what I'm talking about. But I had realistically just spent three and a half years in Hawaii. And I was like, I kept as up to date as I can online. Mm-hmm. And I'd watch the national games. Like I couldn't watch every Flyers game in Honolulu. It is not, it came on at 1 PM in the afternoon for me because there were six hours behind. Like, so I always kind of was like, I I was really hesitant. I was kind of like, I really want to do this, but I, I feel like I, I would have liked to have a whole preseason camp and really dug in and they gave me, you know, as much time as they could given the situation, but they put me ringside and I'm very fortunate that Sean Alexiak um, believed in me and offered me that position. And as nervous as I was about it, he was just like, you've got this. I've heard you talk about hockey in the newsroom. I've heard you talk about hockey to hockey experts. Like you've got this. And yeah, they threw me out there. And then I, I mean, we have the best production team, like I think anywhere with the flyers and so Brian Cooper and Mike Mulligan and Beth, all the people in truck really, and JJ and Jonesy, Bill Clement, like they were just like, everything you need, we've got it and we'll give it to you. And it's still, it's awesome. And then now I'm, now I'm here and I'm the flyers girl to some people. <laughs> yeah. That's, I feel like I'm used to that as well. Yeah. You're the flyers girl. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the Flyers girl. But That's I get I get even more confusion of like, wait, what do you do when the team's not playing? Like, do you have a job in the off season? And meanwhile, like we're we were in the office all year round prior to COVID, obviously. But yeah, that's always like a stigma people don't or like yeah. they just think I work the games, which is always funny to me. Yeah. And you're like I'm like, I've been here since nine. And then I don't leave till like 11 p.m. Especially if yeah. sometimes I have like a bright idea of like, oh my God, like we just had a 10 game win streak. Let's do some type of social quick highlight recap for people to wake up to and kind of relive the excitement. So we've, we've done stuff like that before and we'll stay till midnight or one o'clock trying to produce. Yeah. And then sometimes we wake up and we don't even put it out. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, Andrea, you are talking to the right gal because it's like, especially I'll sit there and I had the brilliant idea of like, let's do Taryn's travels and give me a camera and let me edit and blah, blah, blah. And Is that what you were like, doing when you were in Europe? Yeah. And I was dying. I'm, I, I am, first of all, I'm just a big baby when it comes to sleep anyway. Like I sleep hard and I was so jet lagged and any off time I had, I was kind of like in my hotel room on this Dell laptop that I have forgot my mouse and so I'm like on the little mouse pad trying to edit clips on a laptop and it's this thing where it's like you get these bright you want to do so much more and then people don't realize you know the people internally certainly realize and appreciate but externally you're like this is an eight hour edit I shot six hours of stuff and I have to get it into two minutes and then you know we want to tease it in you know the after the 14 minute mark before the commercial break so it'll air in the first intermission and then there's literally no penalties or or whistles and so we like they don't go to break at the 14 minute mark we lose that hit and then in intermission the flyers are up three nothing and it's like we should really do an interview instead of doing this segment and now i'm just like whatever it was fun i'm glad i got to experience it you're just kind of like holding back tears inside where you're like it's cool it's really okay did you did they at least post it on Twitter or oh yeah okay and Coop's really good about getting them in like he's like if I don't get it in this game I'll figure out a way to make it relevant for next game or we'll put it in the next intermission but we've I I don't he has the patience of a saint I think these days because I since I have come on have thrown so many like out of left field ideas at him. And I'm like, I'll shoot it and I'll edit it and I'll get stills. I'll, I'll email Brian Smith and whatever. And he'll put it all together in a package in the truck so that it's converted and good to go on air and put this, this time and effort into it on his end as well. And then it's just like, there, there will be zero commercial breaks and it never airs. And, and he, he walks out he's just like, that was a good game guys. Good job. 
And I'm just like, our package didn't go to air. <laughs> and is it ever something that is evergreen that you're able to run the next game? Or like, did you start trying to make sure things were more evergreen? Because yes. I, I learned that as well. I was like, okay, if I'm going to put this much effort into it, you better not say Tuesday night where like you can't run it on Wednesday morning. Yeah. And that's, uh, that was the first year, especially, I think the entire first season, I was so nervous. I mean, I was so, so nervous and you don't know all those things. So when they don't work out, it's, it's like a, like a little stab each time. And then the second year comes around and you're like, you know what, when I write my script, I'm going to write it this way. Mm -hmm. And if you flub your words this one time, you're going to be on air 800 more times before the season is over, get over it and move on. Right. Um, that's the hardest just... thing, not hanging on to your mess ups, like trying yeah. to get over them. Because if you are hanging on to the mess up of last game, you're probably going to screw up next game because you're thinking, so you just got to like, let it go. And then I always feel that you're as good as your last performance. So, okay, cool. Make sure my next performance is good. And then I'm going to be good off of that. Yeah. I mean, I would say I had a good two month run this season where like once a game, I would just get caught on my words. And part of it was, you're just thinking about, don't get caught on your words instead of thinking about what you're saying. And especially this year, it, it didn't bother me as much. And I think it wasn't quite as noticeable to other people even because it's just, I mean, if you really listen to any news broadcast or even JJ throughout a game or Doc Emmerich, arguably the best broadcaster of all time, in my opinion, across any sport, um, is plenty of times you'll hear them say, excuse me, and change whatever they just said. It's so normal. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's tough, especially, and you're in the same spot. It's like, you're, you're not, well, you technically are performing to 20,000 people. I'm performing to like a camera that's 100 yards away, and there's 20,000 people there, and you have to just be like, I'm just talking to the camera. I am just, it's just me and the camera. But I, I really don't know how you do it. You, I like, I sit there all the time and I'm just like, I don't know. How. Well, I feel the same way about you because I remember a couple of times they made me uh, RoboCam take me. And that's for people listening. That's like the camera underneath of the video board. So there's a bunch of RoboCams, right? And so I had to stand in a VOM and they were like, okay, RoboCam is taking you. So I was just talking. I couldn't even see the RoboCam. I was talking what I thought, where I thought it was. Like I, my producer's like, keep looking up over to the left. You got it. And I couldn't, because I didn't even have the camera this close to make a connection with, that was hard for me. So when you do your hits behind the glass to, to a camera, like, can you even see the camera? I can see. So the robo cam would be hard for anyone, I think, because it's, it's like black, right? Brutal. And then it's all black behind it. Yeah. Brutal. That's it. intense. That's not that, like, that's not my situation. Um, <laughs> So my camera, if you, if you're down on the side where the benches are for people who would be in Wells Fargo center, if you're down on the side where the benches are, I'm to the left of the flyers bench and across the ice near center ice, there's a like balcony for cameras. And one of them says StubHub, StubHub, StubHub on it three times. And I look at the far left StubHub. So I technically don't even look at the camera. I look at the word StubHub mm -hmm. and, um, and our camera operator one time, not to brag, because I'm not even looking at him, um, said like, credit to you, you make great connection with the camera. And I'm sitting there like, thank God, because I feel like I'm having a stroke sometimes. Because <laughs> I'm like looking at the word StubHub and trying not to say the word StubHub the whole time I'm talking. Oh. Um, but I couldn't do, I, I couldn't do what you do though. I like, I, I genuinely, I, in fact, I know I could. No, I think what, Okay. Andrea, I did it one time. <laughs> well, not, you with, did it. not with the flyers. So one time though, like I, I remember it took me so many games, if not half a season to get used to hearing the echo of my voice in leave my mouth a second later than I would hear it in my IFB. So when yeah, you're interviewing, well, the, the hardest thing is when I'm interviewing like a fan or if it's someone from a charity that is anyone, they're not used to that echo either. So they hear themselves a second later and they get tripped up. That's always, you know, but you would get used to it if you did it. It's funny. So the echo thing, once in college, 
the devil, some guy from the devils who graduated from Rutgers, he got my name through some grapevine and they were like, can you come do this? Can you basically do a preseason games and audition to see if you can be an in-studio or in-studio in arena host? And I was just like, basically didn't want to waitress anymore. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And A, you know, well, whatever, I can talk shit. Um, a, I didn't want to do it because it was the devils. Um, Cause I grew up a Flyers fan and B- That's fine. Everyone listening to this is only like applauding me for that, so. Okay, good. Um, I didn't want to do it. I, I didn't want to be in Newark. The, I, if you've ever been to the Prudential Center and under the Prudential Center, it has a specific smell that I complain about constantly when we're there. Ooh. And um, and then I went to go do it. And the, the echo thing, I literally felt like I was having a heart attack. Like it, Because it's so jarring the first time you do it. And then this year we were at Little Caesars uh, playing the Red Wings and we were doing the broadcast and it was the same thing. The echo was coming back. So our program is generally a few seconds ahead of whatever's actually going on on television. So I was getting um, the TV feed of my voice, but not, it should be program feed, which is live. So did someone mess up the feed in your ear? Um, There was some kind of audio thing. It, It had to do with like, interference the, the wireless ifb i have no idea i'm not that um yeah no me neither i know uh, when there's a problem but over. i don't know how to fix it or where it's going yeah be. me either and so well i just started going because i said to coop and thank god coop's awesome is i just said coop once i get the three two one i'm ripping my ifb out of my ear and just when my stage manager if you want me to rap say to my stage manager just go like this and i'll rap um and it ended up working, but I, I, to this day, I cannot do it with the echo. It is so hard. I have no idea how you do it. It's so jarring. You would be fine. Now, when we're back in real life, I'm going to just make you do it a couple of times. Hey guys, <laughs> I'm interviewing Karen from NBC Philly right now. And you're going to just be like, hi, I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm going to need you to say more than four words for you to get used to it, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so hard. Wait, I do want to ask you, we got questions that I totally forgot okay. about. So I should ask you them before I forget. We just like jumped right into the deep end of like just chatting. <laughs> I know, I know. I hope that, I hope guys, I hope this is enjoyable to listen to because we're kind of like geeking out in this like super uh, focused, you know, direction. But yeah, a lot of these well, questions, go ahead. And you and I, sorry, I keep talking over you. I'm so, I'm the worst with that. Um, I think the thing people don't realize too is like we work very close to each other, but we also work at the exact same time. So you and I get to talk for like 30 seconds at a time most nights. And it's like, hey, because I remember, I think the longest conversation I've ever had to have with you or ever had had ever got to have with you was um, about the podcast starting. And I was like, it's such a cool idea, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, and, and I, I think you this was back in March, maybe, and right before everything shut down. And yeah. I, and I was just like, I know Michelle won't let me on yet, but like, it is such a cool, that not Michelle, it's not Michelle's fault, but it was like, we had just launched our podcast and they were trying to establish whatever, um, media stuff. But, um, but now I do do the Flyers Talk podcast every Monday and I was asked to please cross promote that. So if you guys ever, uh, want to tune in to some Flyers Go Talk podcast. listen podcasts. to Flyers Talk podcast hosted by Taryn. Yeah, I'm there. Just on Mondays, I'm there, but listen all the time if you want. If you need something to listen to in the car, um, besides this, but also say subscribe to this, rate, review, all that. Um, Cracking me up right now. (laughs) I'm trying to hit all the buzzwords here. Um, But yeah, like you and I really, it's always like us in the elevator at the end of the night just being like, oh my God, like what a night. And sometimes you almost like, we'll stand there in silence because we're so, I think, deflated, like a balloon, just from energy, right? Because you're constantly like, when you're on, you're on so hard. And then when you're off, yeah. you're like, oh, like, I just need a moment. So I know it's, it's true. It's draining. I don't know if you have this problem or if I'm just like a bad communicator, but even when it comes to like texting people and scheduling things in my own personal life it's like such a task to schedule things for work constantly like to be constantly trying to like figure out other people's schedules and schedule things that like for a while especially when I first got in the business full-time I was just like I don't want to see or schedule anything with anyone not because I don't adore you I just don't want any more human interaction today (laughs) like I just am so empty inside 
No, I, I do relate to that. I get it. It's just when you are doing an interview or you're on camera and you're putting out everything or you're scheduling, I, I say this and I don't know if this makes any sense, but sometimes I don't have room in my brain for any more information. And I'll say that when I'm about to go live and someone will try to talk to me and I have to spit out a bunch of information, whether it's dates, who knows what I'm talking about. If it's like promoting an upcoming game or promoting a sponsored read. And I've got to like say all this stuff. I'm like, please, I can't, I can't have this conversation with you because they're stuck in my head and there's no more room. A hundred percent. And it's, it makes me so happy that you said that because this is a constant thing that my boyfriend needles me about was one day he was just like quoting movie after movie after movie. And I'm the worst with that. I don't know anything. And I, it was a night after a game too. And I was like, Austin, the only thing I have room for in my brain right now is like pertinent things that I have to discuss. Like, it's the only thing, like I just got done a game where I think I did a hundred hits about stats and this winning streak and how many time zones we've been in. And you don't want to mess anything up because especially now social media, someone will record you on TV and tweet it at you immediately. And you're just like, oh my God, give me a break. But, I, and he was just like, oh, you only have room in your brain for pertinent things. And I was like, no, that's not what I mean. But it's straight out of context. Yeah, it's just, there's certain things where you're like, if I mess up this sponsor read, someone from Tri-State Toyota is going to email me tomorrow. Be like, no, I know. Tri-State Toyota has never done that, by the way. I don't, that was just an example. They have literally never done that. I don't even read the Toyota reads. <laughs> don't get mad at me, but. No, I hear you. I get like most nervous for sponsored reads or hits, especially because like, you don't want to mess it up. You know, they're paying money for that and you want to make sure you're getting it out the best way. But yeah. Okay. Let me ask questions that people ask. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. sorry. Um, so I'm just going to go through these and we've answered a lot of these. So this is, I'm a huge fan of you both. I'd love to know how Taryn booked her job with NBC Philly. Did we talk about that? Um, kind of, I was an intern at Comcast Sportsnet my junior year of college. Uh, worked really, really hard while I was there. I think there's an important distinction between working hard and brown nosing. I, like I was like, can I come in for extra hours? Can I do this thing? Can I do that thing? If it's too much, please yell at me. You know, printed papers, got caught, whatever. I, I worked really hard and I stayed in touch with a lot of people there when I left. And Michelle Murray, as when a job opened up, um, I had stayed in contact with her throughout the years um, and I had even, she'd even been kind enough to like watch my reels throughout the years as I was in Hawaii. And at one point she was just like, we have a job opening. I've seen your reels. You know, we have to post the job opening. Obviously that's how it goes, but, um, we would love, you know, if you could come back and audition, we would love for you to do that. And that's the importance of, of interning is you really do, especially if you don't have, like, I never hate people who have nepotism because if you have a connection and you work hard like good for you. But if you don't have connects, you have to make them yourself and it's possible to do it. But that's really how I got my job was I stayed in touch with people who could give me a job. That is so smart. And I always say like, that's why I tell everyone to get an internship because that's how you meet either your, your mentors. I met a lot of my mentors that way. And then that's how you get like a foot in. So when you are groomed and ready, cause granted, like you put in three and a half years before you were ready for this, mm -hmm. you're ready. What flyer's personality surprised you the most? Whose personality surprised me the most? The more I learn about Carter Hart's personality, the more surprised I am because he at first seemed really like quiet and young. And then when we did the player superlatives on picture day, he was voted most talkative by like half of the team, even including Kevin Hayes. Um, so that kind of surprises me. Um, who... Who's really, you know, who's really sneaky, cool, and like very laid back is is Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott's really, really cool. And my friend nannies for him and says the whole family, the like I, I've met his wife a few times. I won't pretend to know her super well, but she seems really cool. Amanda's and, been on the show before, and she yeah, she's awesome. They're both she so just down seems, to earth and yeah. And there's, I mean, their story is awesome. I mean, so they just seem like such goals as couple yeah. as a couple, but. Um, yeah, he's, he's really sneaky, cool, and very, um, funny, I would say. Both goalies. Right. Yeah. Wow. Weird. Um, wow. Back to back question. Exact same thing. Another one. What flyer has the most surprising personality? 
That literally is the same question as what Flyers. Mike Yo, the Flyers defensive coach, the assistant coach, Mike Yo has an awesome personality too. I, I, he, he really turns it on for media. Like he's very professional and says all the right things. Yeah. But when we're on the road, him and Ian LaPerriere and Kim Delabaugh, the goalie coach, and obviously Ian LaPerriere is another assistant coach. They will come out to dinner with the broadcast crew all the time. And Mike, Mike Yo and Lappy together with Kim are very, very funny. Yeah. Sounds like a good group. Um, okay. I'll admit, I have no idea what they're talking about and how often to the Gen Zer, Joel, et cetera, use slang that confuses the older guys. Thanks, Pog. It's Pog. Someone also wrote, who says poggers unironically? What is that? I don't know what pog is. Oh, thank goodness. I thought you were gonna be like, Andrea, that was like a theme of the whole season. No, I'm no, I'm no, I have no idea what that is. Um, and if I should know, sorry, please inform me. I think I don't, I don't remember any of them really. I think the funniest interactions would always be like, if you saw a, like a Joel, Matt Niskanen conversation, um, because Matt is just such a Northern Minnesota Dad. adult man with a family yep. who could live in the woods with no cell phone reception and be happy as a clam. He definitely already um, does because he was by the lake during off season before he actually joined the team. And I interviewed him via, we did FaceTime and we couldn't even get through it because of the service. Yeah, no oh, service. I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. I don't doubt that at all. The other, oh, this is uh, kind of along the same lines but not slang um so jake Voracek's like a huge foodie um and it was when joel uh was still pretty like new and getting his bearings and he was talking about if you could eat anything either for your last meal or for the rest of your life uh what would you have and of course everybody's like you know filet mignon from barclay prime or you know something from something double knot or you know yeah some bougie stuff and joel's like I could eat Chipotle every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> I was just like, sweet baby Joel. I'm like, you are, sir, a 19 year old man. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, I went, and you remember, like, you, you know forget how until like, those moments. Oh, yeah. Well, the other thing, and I don't know if this like cuts you as deep as it cuts me. But you know how pregame they'll put a guy's like player card on the big screen while they're warming up and then they'll do the live shot of them. Every time Joel's comes up and his birthday ends in zero, zero as if he's born in the year 2000, I'm like, oh my God, um, I'm really just, the world is passing me by. <laughs> like it sucks. I know they get younger and younger every second. And then you're I like, know. it's just like someone shoot me full of Botox now. <laughs> Um, how tall is she and where does she get her clothes from? Um, my array of turtlenecks come from all over the place. My mom tells me I wear them too often. I only really own like five of them. I, I ironically did just ask Austin to buy me this one that I really like. It's a brand that Aritzia sells. Um, so I asked him to buy it for Christmas cause it's a little bit pricier, but, um, I'm 5'10". Um, I feel like someone asked that as a joke because it's come up quite a few times and people DM me about it a lot, but, um, I'm 5'10 and, uh, I usually wear like these like booties cause I need my feet to be warm. And so generally if someone sees me next to like TK or something and he's on skates, they'll ask me my height because I'm, I think a little bit taller than him when he's on skates and I'm in heels, but I think he's generally my same height. So I'm 5'10 if that's why you're asking. Um, and my clothes come from all over. Do you have like a go-to online shop? I'm trying to think. I, this past year, cause Target kind of got like good clothes this year. And I ended up buying a ton of stuff from Target that I got the most compliments on. But Aritzia makes the best turtlenecks. They're like soft. They're like cashmere soft, but they're pricey. That's where I generally get those from. I like free people stuff a lot. I have a couple of theory dresses that I wear on air quite a bit that cost entirely too much money. And if that's the route anybody's trying to go, I highly recommend hiking your butt up to the King of Prussia outlets and going to the theory outlet there because it's still expensive. It was fun because I bought all these fun, bright summery clothes when I lived out in Hawaii with what little money I had because I didn't make a lot either my first job. Um, and then immediately just basically 
put them all under sheets of, you know, plastic dress covers and put them in a closet and can't wear any of them anymore. <laughs> so if anybody wants to buy, buy some summer dresses. Taryn's Poshmark store, are you opening yeah. that now? Yeah, Katie Emmer also has one too, that's pretty good. But um, yeah, she told me I have to start doing it. So she's gonna have to help me. <laughs> well, that'll be good because people that want clothes for on camera, these could be good places to go shop. Um, someone asked, how long have you and your boyfriend been dating? Almost two years now. Happy almost anniversary. Well, it's not till March. And I, I jokingly said the other day, I was like, listen, I will never pressure you to take the next step in this relationship. Is he the one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He tolerates me. We live together. This room is a walk-in closet slash office. I gave it to him. That's how much I love him. Wow. That is, yeah. And he's more organized than me. So I feel but like I see, one. I see you remind him of you all the time because there's a gritty and a Rutgers I know, I just like attempt, but this is like an Ikea dresser. Like this is the hey, mound dresser. Girl, so is mine. Yeah. <laughs> I love Ikea. I'm there like you go to the theory outlet, I go to Ikea. Oh, Andrea, I, I literally the other day, I was just like, I need a change of scenery. And I went and walked around Ikea and I bought myself a salad bowl. So it was for a reason, but it was just, I love Ikea so much. <laughs> and they've, speaking of like how Target has upped their clothing, I feel like Ikea has upped their home decor, the little stuff, which I like. So like the tchotchkes and- Yeah. I got the prettiest salad bowl ever. And then I got my friend um, like an orchid that comes in a vase and everything or a vase or however you say it. And- Vase sounds really fancy. Stick with that. I know, it's kind of why I said it that way, but then I was like, I'm not this person. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. Vaz, I like it. Um, okay, someone asked, this is that question. What got you into the now iconic Terran turtlenecks? Was it out of necessity because it's cold? That's why I wear turtlenecks. A little bit. Yeah, it's, it is because it's cold. It's also, and I will tell you this in full transparency because I have no shame. When I moved back, I was incredibly tan and had spent good, like I will always spend good money. I don't think you need to spend a ton of money on makeup, but like the stuff you put directly on your skin first, I think generally should be high quality because my skin will react to stuff. So I bought very nice expensive foundation that would quickly became about three shades too dark for my skin tone. So you wear the turtleneck up to here and you don't have to worry about the color of anything else. <laughs> and you know, like, I'm sure there's pictures where my face and my hand are like six shades apart. Um, but part of it genuinely was like, there were a couple of games where we were on the road and I did not even have a second of time to go to like a CVS and buy something cheap for the night. And I was just like, screw it. I'm going to put on a turtleneck and just cover everything because I love this story so much. Yeah. I had to get this one like deep dry cleaned because I had put so much foundation on my neck to hide the difference the that they had to like dry clean the crap out of this specific one yeah wow I love that yeah. let's see favorite part about sideline reporting for the flyers hockey is the most fun sport to watch in person that would that would be it for me hockey is the most fun sport to watch in person and the flyers have been you know arguably not arguably have been my favorite Philly team other than the Philadelphia charge when they were around since I was a little kid. So yeah, easy one. Who is your favorite current Flyers player? I don't like answering these. Kind of I don't know that we can even answer that. We can't. That's, I was so curious. I'm like, what is she going to say? We're yeah. going to pass that one. Favorite place to get pizza in Philly. Angelo's. Mm. Angelo's. Angelo's. It's the best pizza in Philly period. What is your favorite food at the Wells Fargo Center? Do you eat at the Wells Fargo Center? Yeah, I get, well, I get, I, I don't get the food off the concourse because we have free media food, so I don't want to pay for it. Um, so I, last year too, when they were on their like long hot streak, um, I would have to eat a soft pretzel every third period. Cause even if they were trailing, they would win if I ate a soft pretzel in the third period. So soft pretzel, with spicy brown mustard every game. I'm on a high carb diet all the time. <laughs> we owe you so much for all that fun that you gave us. Thank I really you. give all I got, Andrea, and that is all that I have. That's why you couldn't <laughs> talk to me in the elevator after. You're like, my mouth is stuck together from this pretzel. <laughs> like just shoving pretzels in my mouth. Like, oh my God. This girl is dedicated, guys.
Um, most entertaining player to interview. Okay. I feel like you and Jake have the most hilarious dialogue because I remember Thank this you. video that came out before, or was it door? It was either before or after Europe, very beginning of the it season. Was, it was before Prague. Are you talking about the, the Czech language stuff? Yeah. yeah, it was before Prague. I think it came out while we were there though, but we did it before Prague. Okay. How about we both say our favorite player to interview on three? Because you have a very, like, you have a really good interview style with a lot of them, I will say. Like, some of the, especially, I get them in scrums a lot, so it's a little bit different. But I do think, like, in your one-on-ones with guys, I find them to be very, like, personable, which I don't always get out of them. Okay, do you have it? I have it. You counting? Okay. One, two, three. Kevin Scott Hayes. Lawton. <laughs> Scott's a close second. Scott's a close second. Scott's hilarious because what I've learned is in the beginning, I was really intimidated because he just would be very dry and not say much. And I'm like, this guy just hates me and I'm annoying the heck out of him. And this is so uncomfortable. But then I realized he's, he's a closet, like super funny guy. And if you just relate to him a little bit and make him feel comfortable, he'll give you like really funny answers. Yeah. Yeah. Scott will, Scott will like make a joke too, like so monotone and you're like, should I laugh? And then you realize he's being funny. Um, I just appreciate like Kevin will give us straight comedy. Like when we need, like if we need a bite on air, I think he's so become so in tune with the media and like kind of just getting them out of his face that he's like, they need a quote. And then he'll just say something hilarious. And then you're like, cool, Kevin later. And then everybody's happy. So he's, he's very efficient. Um, okay. I think that like sums it up because a lot of the questions that we got were kind of asking the exact same thing. Some almost verbatim word for word. So I asked you everything. Yay. Seriously. It was so good chatting with you. I love this. Same. Very much so. You're welcome to come join our girl gang here in Philly anytime. We can't fit more than four at a table right now, but when we have wine nights, I will always invite you if you'd like to come for sure. Guys, did that just happen? Did I get invited to Philly's coolest girl gang? I love this. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. It was, like I said, a girl chat. And I think at some points we just went in a full on conversation mode. I'm not even realizing it's a podcast. But I think from reading your feedback, you guys enjoy that about this show, which is really cool. So, you know, keep letting me know what you think, who you want to hear on here next in the reviews, because this is like the only way I get to chat with you guys. So if you're not already, definitely subscribe to the show so you don't miss the next episode. And if you haven't yet, give this show a rating, leave a review, let me know your thoughts. And until next time, stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you guys soon.